and welcome back to another exciting episode of Rod and Rifle Radio, brought to you by the good people at Tenerfield Firearms. Now, what are we going to chat about today? Um, do apologise for the delay in uh, doing another podcast. It's been uh, quite a while since our last one. Just been flat out. Um, actually, interesting uh, month. I'm actually recording this on Christmas Day. It's been a hectic uh, December, just in terms of... Uh, you know, sales here at the shop and, uh, you know, firearms new and used and consignment guns, doing safety tests, all that sort of good stuff. Um, I had an interesting uh, registration job uh, just at the sort of middle part of the month where a gentleman came in, he'd listened to me on the, um, the High Tide show and so forth and decided, look, I do have a bunch of unregistered firearms. I better get them registered uh, and, you know, deal with them because he's, you know, he was, you know, a youngish man in 1996. Well, that was, you know, near enough to 30 years ago that uh, it's not worth arguing about. Uh, You know, if you're 50 back then, you know, you're now 80. So, uh, yeah, a lot of those guys that sort of squirrel stuff away, and now getting to the the point of their lives where they're they're sort of dropping off the twig, and it's now up to their wives and children to deal with, um, and and so they're they're sort of uh, realizing, oh, I better do something about uh, these unregistered guns. Now the stuff that uh, this gentleman had was all Cat A and B stuff, and uh, some really really nice guns there. Um, he'd squirreled them away in the back of a shipping container, uh, sort of locked them up, uh, bolted them sort of into a, a container and locked them up and then put barrels and tools and things like that in front of them. So they were very well protected. They weren't going anywhere. Um, most of them were in fantastic condition when we pulled them out. A couple of them, uh, you know, didn't uh, fare so well in terms of the ravages of time. But uh, there were a couple of guns there that uh, you'll see on the website. Um, just beautiful, uh, custom-made uh, firearms that... He had made in the 80s uh, and, and you know, matching pair of custom-made firearms that he, he'd got done. And there are some SMLEs and other bits and pieces in there as well. A few clunkers and what have you. But, uh, yeah, it was a, an interesting sort of mix of, of firearms. That said, um, you know, registration, you know, I can see where some people are coming from. You know, don't trust the government that doesn't trust you and all that sort of thing. But as I say repeatedly on this podcast, you know, the rules are what we have to live with and live within. Um, You know, and the rules are livable at the moment. You know, uh, if uh, it just doesn't make sense not to have stuff registered, uh, to be honest, Uh, just in terms of... no one is more, you know, any gun law is an infringement than me. But by the same token, when it comes to losing your house and, uh, you know, all the sorts of dramas that uh, could come with it legally, uh, you know, to me it makes a, a bit of sense just to get things registered and, and be on the up and up. Uh, so, you know, I'm happy to, to register stuff here at Tenerfield Forums. Most gun shops uh, are with the uh, ongoing amnesty it's just yeah something that's so simple to get put on your license if you've got those categories um so something to think about i I strongly encourage people to get their uh, firearms 
registered, if they're not registered. Uh, and if you know of people that are sort of getting on, yeah, they were young people in, in 1996, now they're sort of getting on a bit, maybe it's time to, to have a word with them and say, all right, well, what are our plans moving forward? You know, um, just so that the, these things don't just end up getting lost uh to uh you know rust and, and ruin or fall into the wrong hands and things like that so have, have a bit of a plan about what's going to happen with those firearms and don't make it uh you know the the widows or the the kids problem when when you know these people do drop off the the twig if you know those people or even if you are one of those people so that's that's my thoughts on uh, registration. You know, as I say, it's it's been interesting to see some of the cool stuff that's been coming in. Uh, so I'm a big fan of of getting stuff back into the white as opposed to being grey or even worse still going to black. So collectible firearms uh, was another thing I was going to chat about, and uh, that sort of dovetails neatly in. Uh, it's a really nice segue, if you will. Uh, from registration registration of unregistered firearms into uh, you know collectibles obviously everyone knows things like smles are extremely collectible now uh, even the sporters are going up in price you know you used to be hard pressed to get you know 80 120 bucks sort of thing for a sport smle now they're sort of creeping up there it's uh, interesting to see and uh, there are a few people running around trying to put balls back on dogs as it were in terms of putting the wood back on the uh, the smles and and the the metal work and things like that and, and sort of trying to recover uh sporters and things so yeah and and there's nothing um too shabby about the smle as a hunting rifle if it has been sporterized and and you know he's in a nice uh sporter stock or you know even a, a synthetic sporter stock you know that 10 shot magazine 303 or even a 303 25 or 303 270 303 22 whatever uh you know they're, they're um, quite an impressive uh hunting uh, firearm so nothing to be sneezed at so uh, but we're talking specifically about collectibles so any of those military firearms are just going up and up in value so uh, something to uh, consider getting into and you know always having a bit of space in the safe for one or two appreciating assets um, you know your howers as soon as you buy them and yeah your, your turkish shotguns and things like that generally they're going down in price some things are a bit surprising in terms of the way they're um, they accumulate in price like the uh, Remington 7615s like nobody expected them to uh, sort of go through the the sort of price uh, you know cycle that they have but you know you've got some really interesting straight pulls coming onto the market and I think they'll drive those prices of the 7615s back down so but I could be wrong so we, we shall see and uh, it'll be interesting times uh, some pistols very very collectible some pistols not so much uh, so it's it's one of those things keep an eye on the blue book value of, of your firearms and uh, you know don't overextend yourself just to to grab something you know if you're buying it purely as an investment if you're buying it because the heart wants what the heart wants well that's a different matter than money's no object and by all means you know spend to your heart's content or your um, 
you know, marriage uh, limitations. Now, what else were we going to chat about? I should probably bring up my phone. I wrote down a few ideas for um, sort of uh, things. Uh, ammunition buying, yes. So we've got a whole bunch of ammunition in stock at the moment. And I keep, yeah, as soon as I get it in, it's going out. And uh, interestingly weird little things that, that I thought, oh, I'm going to be stuck with that forever. Why did I buy that uh, are going? A lot of people still shooting the, the triple deuce, the uh, 222. Uh, that surprises me. I've got an interesting, actually speaking of collectibles, <laughs> segueing backwards a bit. I've uh, got a really interesting um, martini action uh, triple two uh, rimless in, in stock at the moment. It's a beautiful gun with a, a lovely redfield scope on it um, in, in triple two. Now, yes, two, two, three. Cheaper to feed, cheaper ammunition, you know, better range of projectiles, the whole nine yards. You know, if you were buying a new gun, why would you buy a triple uh, two as opposed to a triple a two two three? Well, you wouldn't. You'd be mad. But if you've already got a uh, a triple deuce and you've already got the ammunition, or you know, you're buying something and you're not going to be shooting a huge amount of um, bullets, triple two is an interesting thing, uh, and there are some beautiful rifles floating around in it. It's like the 22 Hornet. 22 Hornet ammo, prohibitively expensive for, for what it is. But it is an interesting little round, and you can get some really cool little German and European rifles in it, and American rifles, and even you know, some modified SMLEs and things like that in, in 22 Hornet. So, um, yeah, it's one of those things that you know I've, I've found that people are, are you know craving for the, the um, those weird little, uh, you know, obscure or almost obsolete but not quite uh, calibers 25 volt 6 um, again people are um, you know sort of grabbing that as soon as it hits the shelf uh, which sort of surprised me but uh, apparently a lot of deer shooters uh, really like it so there you go um, yeah and of course uh, things like rat shot uh, 0.22 rat shot the CCI uh, plastic tip stuff is, you know, it's a dollar a shot at the moment or more. Uh, at some gun shops, I sell, sell it for, for 20 bucks for 20. Um, some other gun shops I've seen have it up to, to 30 odd dollars for 20. Uh, so at a dollar 50 a shot, I'm like, ooh, that's, that's pretty uh, eye-watering for the old 22 rat shot. But people are still buying it uh, for getting rid of starlings in sheds, uh, you know, getting... Those sort of rats in chook houses, things like that, where they don't want to put holes in tin and, and things like that. So there's definitely a use for it. Um, yeah, the CCI uh, 22 stuff that, you know, like the, even the bog standard, uh, standard velocity CCI round nose stuff that is uh, a brick. I sell a brick for just under 70 bucks, um, which is pretty good value. You know, you, you sort of... Um, yeah, not not uh, costing you the earth to to practice your your twenty two uh, rifle and and things like that. Would I go hunting with it? Probably not. Um, lead lead round nose stuff is is really yeah. You can hunt with it, but there are better choices out there. If you're going to hunt realistically, you should be getting yourself a hollow point uh, projectile in in your ammunition, just because it's it's more ethical. Um, 
I've got plenty of both in stock. Uh, shotgun stuff, the uh, both slugs and uh, SGs flying off the shells, BBs and Fords and things like that, doing a, a roaring trade. Uh, clay target loads certainly um, selling tend to sell them more by the slab rather than the um, just the box. Uh, and uh, I've actually got some clay targets in in stock at the moment as well uh, that go with them. So uh, yeah, it's one of those interesting things. I, I'm quite surprised at the amount of people that are just having the casual sort of clay shoots on their uh, their properties. Uh, just you know, keeping their eye in, practicing for for pigeons and things like that. I guess, but uh, you know, a hand thrower or spring-loaded trap I, I prefer the hand load a hand uh, throwers myself uh, just because the spring-loaded traps scare the hell out of me you know I've, I've seen and heard some horror stories uh, you know if you ever want to uh, spend a couple of minutes on google and just put uh, you know clay target you know accident or something like that you'll you'll see those spring-loaded clay target throwers are um really not very gentle when things go wrong so um yeah worth thinking about maybe just sticking with the hand thrower <laughs> you know and I, I quite like them you, you can do a lot of interesting stuff and that way both people get to um participate you know and it becomes a bit of a challenge to uh try and get your clay away from that uh, shooter so um yeah interesting uh sort of ideas there uh what else ammunition wise the the um you know 223 i'm on a lot of the adi blister pack stuff um that's flying off the shelves everybody you know always loves it the 223 sort of stuff which is good you know um and uh you know 308 is uh it's motoring along it's not i'm not selling huge amounts of it but i'm selling enough and um yeah uh at the moment i've got uh in terms of firearms in stock that uh, are coming in got a bunch of more of the 12 gauges uh, coming in I've, I've sort of sold all of the um first load of uh, turkish 12 gauges that i got in so the uh, tactical ones that i sort of thought mm, not really my cup of tea but i can see people wanting them uh, i wasn't wrong they they sort of flew off the shelf uh, so I've got another few of those coming in and a bunch more of the straight pulls and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm hanging out for the button release rifles. They should be coming hopefully early in the new year. Uh, sort of the, the charm eras in, in uh, 223. Uh, I've got a few people hanging out for them. Then uh, I'm also expecting um, there, there are some new uh sort of uh button release and lever release firearms coming into the market early in the new year that um you know ruger are apparently releasing one uh that's uh, looking very very interesting um, and there's a few of the australian manufacturers as well um in terms of uh cat c and d stuff um things are still popping up out of the woodwork that haven't been registered that i'm getting registered there's um yeah some d stuff that uh, australian manufacturers are, are building that um i'm uh, proud to say that I'm, I'm you know i can get in if if any of my listeners do have their their d license 
um, you know, I can certainly get stuff in uh, for you. Uh, mainly the Oceana Precision stuff, which um, like Jeff Bacon makes down there in, in Tamworth, and I, I very much rate his stuff. He's he's a very pedantic uh, gunsmith in terms of, um, you know, he makes very, very good products, quality products. So uh, worth, uh, if you are lucky enough to be in the position to have a D-Class, worth thinking about getting an Australian-built firearm for sure. Um, yeah, that should probably do us, uh, selling a few of the, uh, spike, uh, spotlights, the trigger spotlights, they're, they're really a really, uh, nice thing, uh, I think we're on the tail end, though, of, of uh, spotlights being a, a popular, uh, purchase, I think, you know, it, we are on the absolute edge of the wave of, um, thermals and, um, yeah, not so much infrareds. I think Australian uh, tastes and so forth are going to go more to the thermals uh, rather than the infrareds. The infrareds have been around for a while, haven't taken off horrifically well, whereas the thermals just seem to be, you know, chugging along really, really nicely and, and just building up sales and, and uh, people are very, very happy with them. They're, they're pretty robust and, and so forth. So that's that's a really good thing um yeah uh plenty of books in stock all that sort of stuff i've got some other uh, second handy sort of things looking forward to the uh bathurst arms fair if uh people are going to be around at that uh that's in march uh 2024 uh i look forward to catching up with you all at that event it's going to be very very good i'm going to have a full table of of various uh bits and pieces um i've got some really interesting stuff to try and sell down there and no doubt i'll be buying a bunch of interesting stuff as well um, so yeah that's that's about where the shop's up to at the moment uh in terms of um fishing and hunting reports still ridiculous numbers of pigs and deer getting about even with the fires the fires have sort of scattered them around a bit uh and sort of got them on the move there's been enough rain uh, over the last weeks uh, that have has made uh, you know the the rivers really fire at the moment there, there's plenty of fish in them yellow belly carp cod the whole nine yards is, is just going off with lures uh, there's heaps and heaps of christmas beetles around which is a great sign means that uh, you know the uh, top water action is is starting to come on uh, Lots of uh, cicadas now finally showing their faces as well, which is good. Uh, so, yeah, top water fishing is, is definitely going to be the, the go over the next month or so. Uh, in terms of uh, hunting, yeah, it's, it's wicked hot and there are a lot of snakes around. Uh, but if you're getting out first thing in the morning, uh, you should be avoiding most of the snakes uh, and you know the cool of the mornings where the animals are going to be uh, moving and, and going back from feeding to a, a sort of bed down position for the day uh, so first thing in the morning is always really good evenings can be good as well but you're much more likely to uh, step on a wriggle stick or something like that uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, of early in the morning getting up there you know greeting the sun it really is uh, God's church when you're, you're up there and the sun's coming up over the horizon. If you've got a rod or a rifle in your hand, I think you're really um, 
you know, worshipping him the way that uh, he sort of intended man to worship him, uh, man or woman. You know, I'm very, very much equal opportunity. You should be, uh, you know, getting out there and getting amongst it because uh, it's just a beautiful time of year. All right. Well, I better stop blabbling on. Uh, I would encourage you, of course, to uh, go over to uh, Tenerfield Firearms, have a look on the website at all the various uh, guns that are coming in and going out and all that sort of thing. Um, happy to uh, see you in the shop as well. If you're up this way, whenever you're uh, coming past, always give us a buzz. Uh, I'm happy enough to, to open up the shop, even if it's not core business hours. Uh, I am scooting away for uh, New Year's. I'm going to be out doing a pyrotechnics show at Broken Hill uh, with uh, the good people at Inland Fireworks. Uh, going to be doing um, the Tenerfield Show fireworks display as well, which is going to be good. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it for today's little episode. Uh, and... Yeah, I'd encourage you all to get out there and enjoy the most of what summer can give.